0: you gotta love that right 2022 everything gets worse <laughs> very inspiring but look before before we get into that we got a great show for you tonight let's talk about how 2021 was a rough one it doesn't hurt to acknowledge that life's about ups and downs isn't it? sometimes you're on the mountaintop you got a valley coming sometimes maybe you're in a valley right now don't worry you'll be back on top of the mountaintop soon it's just that's the way life goes Whew. 2021 was a rough one. thought we might recap just a few little items here, just so we all know exactly what we're dealing with. Let's talk about our border first and foremost. Nations have borders, always have. Nations, all of them, have controlled who comes in to their country. That is just part of being a nation. You are a sovereign country. Anyone can't just waltz in and do as they please. Well, that's how it used to be. It's not that way now. I'm going to give you a number and your jaw might just fall right off your face when I give you this number. Do you have any idea how many illegal immigrants were going to usher into the United States of America in 2021? Two million. At least. That's the number we know about. Now, let's set aside all the other hospital overruns, school overruns, all the other things that come with illegal immigration. And let's just talk about this basic fact. It's it's very basic, but it does get overlooked a lot. We don't know who's coming in here. We don't know what they're doing here. How many spies have come across that southern border? How many subversives in this way or that way have come across our southern border? How many Terrorists. have come across our sudden border? Remember, we haven't solved terrorism. It's still out there. We already caught a potential terrorist from Yemen coming across the border, and that's the one we caught. If that's the one we caught, um, <clears throat> who didn't we catch? And look, it's been a year of some of the most divisive, re- divisive rhetoric from our cultural leaders I've ever heard. I'm obviously going to single out Joe Biden here because he's the president of the United States. But honestly, it is amazing how mainstream it has become in this country for cultural leaders to point fingers at huge groups of people and say, your fault. This is all your fault. Why aren't you doing what I say? You shouldn't even be allowed to be in a hospital bed. You guys are terrible. You're killing people. This kind of talk has become routine now, and when it comes to the President of the United States of America, man, is that an unhealthy place to be for a nation. For unvaccinated, we are looking at a winter of severe illness and death for unvaccinated. For themselves, their families, and the hospitals, they'll soon overwhelm. Okay, that's quite an uplifter, isn't it? Thanks, Joe! And. We've had this talk before on the show. I don't need to belabor the point now. But it really is dangerous, legitimately dangerous for a country to create a lower class of people and then say they're responsible for all of our society's problems. I don't have to point you to historic atrocities, although I certainly could, lots of them, large ones. But if you go study them, go look up horrible things that have happened, genocides, Throughout history, you will find something very, very interesting. Virtually all of the genocides throughout history have begun with people saying, see that group of people over there? They're the ones responsible for all society's problems. Just going ahead and making sure we put that label on them. There, there's the lower class. Those are the people, those are the people responsible for, well, everything. That's what you eventually do when you're an evil politician like Joe Biden and the people around him. You realize you're not popular. People don't like you on the economy. They don't like the border. We haven't even gotten to Afghanistan yet. They don't like your vaccination stuff. They don't like your COVID stuff. They don't, they don't like inflation. They don't like any of these things. Well, if you're a decent human being at all, you sit down and say, okay, what do we need to do differently? It's not working. People are suffering. can we change direction what do we need to do here if you're an evil human being you sit down and say who can we blame I, i don't want to take the blame for it is there a group of people out there we can point to and say it's their fault and that's what we're dealing with here we have now across the united states of america i mean think about how wild this is there are places, huge places, like New York City and Chicago, Washington, D.C. There are places in the United States of America where you have to show your papers before you're allowed to go sit down and have a meal. You, you grew up with that kind of stuff, learning about horrible things from history where these people were segregated from these people, and you're not allowed to eat with me, and you're not allowed to drink with me. And now it's here. Uh, it's not another way to describe it. It's right here. It happened to us. We did it. Isn't that an amazing turn of events? Just a couple of years ago, coronavirus got to our shores. Remember, obviously, deadly virus, real, but a virus extremely survivable, especially for everyone except for old people with pre existing conditions and really fat people. People get through it, you get sick, no question. People get through it. And yet we've become a society now that says, show me your papers or you can't eat with me. That's what we've become. And when you think about it, it's amazing how similar to China we've become. I was thinking about this actually last night. I was thinking about this. I was laying around saying to myself, you know, America could have led the world with coronavirus. And here's what I mean. It didn't come from us. It came from China. But China gets coronavirus, and they immediately start locking things down. Remember, there were videos out there online. They're welding people in their homes. It was crazy. It got to America, and we started doing the same things. Not welding, but start locking people up. Go home. Shut down your business. You're not essential. And then the rest of the West, Europe, all these places, Australia, New Zealand, they all followed suit. America could have led the world... And been the freedom response to coronavirus. Could have and should have, and we didn't. And that is a disgrace. And one almost has to ask, a man with so many dirty ties to China, why did we do things so similar to China? Why are we continue to this day to do things so similar to China? Why are we so nice to China? And why is Joe Biden laughing off legitimate questions about his ties to China?
2: Mr. Biden, 800,000 coronavirus jets, um, if you haven't taken that on your responsibility, why haven't you uh, asked China to do more to be transparent on the origin? So Mr.
0: President, yeah. Mark! ha it's funny, our number one geopolitical enemy. Um, yeah, except Joe Biden's crackhead son flew on Air Force Two over there to visit China, got off the plane with Joe Biden and went and promptly secured deals with dirty Chinese businesses. These are not internet conspiracy theories. These are documented facts. In fact, to this day, his son hasn't divested from China and somebody out there is anonymously paying $500,000 for Hunter Biden's crappy art. Who are these people? Why are they doing things like this? And remember, it's not just America, who's embarrassed for Joe Biden, embarrassed by Joe Biden. Let's not forget about Afghanistan. Let's not forget about the disaster of Afghanistan. Remember this when he apologized for America on the world stage with John Kerry.
3: And I, uh, I guess I shouldn't apologize, but I do apologize for the fact the United States, uh, the last administration, pulled out of the Paris Accords and put us sort of behind
0: people apologizing for America. This is the guy who got caught on videotape falling asleep at the same conference, by the way. I'm sorry the last guy was such an embarrassment. Great, Joe. Great. But back to Afghanistan. I haven't let this go. I'm never going to let this go. The Biden administration got 13 of our warriors killed in Afghanistan, incinerated by an ISIS suicide bomber. And then in response to that, we blew up 10 innocent people, seven of them adorable kids. And not a single person resigned, was arrested, was fired. Nobody even apologized. Here's Pentagon spokesman John Kirby saying, oh, it's fine.
2: Do you have any announcements in terms of any punishments, judicial punishments
3: for those who were responsible for the drone strike? I do not anticipate there being issues of personal accountability
2: to be had with respect to the August 29th airstrike. What we saw here was a breakdown in process, um, and execution in procedural, uh, 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 procedural events, N- not, um, not the result of negligence, not the result of misconduct, not the result of, of, uh, of poor leadership.
0: I can't even tell you how much I hate these people. It's not just how they talk. It's how they muddle their way through it, too. Uh uh uh, 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 breakdown of process. What is that supposed to mean, you boob? You killed 10 innocent people. Who's responsible? All right, don't get me fired up. Curtis Hawk, my friend, is joining me next. He's going to outline the worst media moments of 2021. We got a great show for you tonight. Hang on. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this one. Curtis is just going to go ahead and run away with this whole thing. Joining me now, my friend Curtis Houck. He's the managing editor, of course, of the Media Research Center. They are the best in the business at calling out media insanity and hypocrisy. And Curtis, uh, I'm actually going to play a little video. You may recognize it. You gave out an
2: award to
0: Chris Cuomo, and I want to applaud you for this. Those lights that
2: are that are just shooting out from the Lincoln Memorial uh, along the reflecting pool. I look, it's like almost extensions of Joe Biden's arms embracing America. It was a moment (laughs) where the new president came to town and sort of convened the country in this moment of remembrance, uh, outstretching his arms.
3: If you voted for Trump, you voted for the person who the Klan supported. You voted for the person who Nazis support. You voted for the person who the alt-right supports. That's the crowd that you are in. Curtis, (laughs)
0: Curtis, I don't know which one's my favorite. Obviously, Don Lemon's a moron. Mm -hmm. But the the lights are Joe Biden's outstretched arms, Curtis. Couldn't you see it?
4: Right. (laughs) That's exactly why we went with the tie, because they're two completely different things that are just both (laughs) utterly insane for totally separate reasons. Okay, so the first one, David Challion, CNN political director. David's husband better watch out, because... He's got the hots for Joe Biden, who wants to feel everybody's <laughs> hairy legs and arms or something like that. I don't know. I don't really know what to make of that, that Joe Biden is this compassionate man whose rays of light are enveloping us. No, thank you. Um, go ask all the women in Joe Biden's life. I don't want anything to do with that. He just recently was putting his arm around a little kid in Kentucky, like he was, like, caressing oh. his, like, shoulder. He was looking down at a teenage girl there you know and then the other one don lemon this is so tiresome everybody's a nazi everybody's you know the worst person in the world these people you know you probably don't want to be friends with them like between the two of them it's like no wonder our country's in such dire straits you have half the country that's delu- a delusional and denying reality about this president and oatmeal brains, and B, we've got Don Lemon over here who's, like, just spewing insane nonsense, uh, you know, while he's probably going to be in trouble in 2022.
0: Curtis, let me ask you something. I mean, you're one of the sharper guys I know. You certainly are up in the know when it comes to media people. The guy who talked about Joe Biden's outstretched arms. Genuinely, do you think that guy goes home and at any moment says, Oh man, that was kind of embarrassing. Like, do, do you think I, I know? We're never going to say it privately or, or publicly, but privately, do you think he says to himself, "Man, I'm kind of embarrassing."
4: Uh, David Chalian. You never know with that guy. He's he's just so like caught up with himself in Zuckerville. Um, I know Chris Matthews has talked about expressing regret for. Uh, The thrill going up his leg we had someone a number of years ago go up to him and ask him how his legs doing and he basically told us to like f off um you (laughs) know so that's uh that remains to be seen david chalian is so invested in the narrative of oatmeal brains that it's really hard to say jesse i wish i had an answer for you on this one but david chalian uh anybody it's inside cnn that's that's a tough bet
0: All right, well, we'd be remiss if we didn't also pay homage to the first runner-up, Matthew Dodd, went on Joy Ann Reed's show, and he had this to say. Though there was less loss of life on January 6th,
1: January 6th was worse than 9-11.
0: Chris, do you think they actually believe that? I understand a lot of them are saying that and don't believe it, but do you think there are some people out there who say those things and they genuinely believe it? Their mind is just that far gone.
4: I believe that people like Matthew Dowd absolutely—he's so invested <laughs> in the bulwarkian, David Frenchian worldview that yeah, that they are that far gone, where they truly believe that. January 6th was the worst thing to have ever happened to this country. We've had people on MSNBC as well talk about how it's worse than the Civil War. John Meacham said <laughs> that on Brian Williams' last show, that what happened on January 6th was worse than, you know, millions of people that we lost and the country being split in half for a couple of years. I mean, it's, the logic to arrive at that conclusion is so deranged. And you would think that, yes, okay, people that were scared on January 6th and that it would affect them and they're in therapy, great. But the idea that you would keep this going almost a year later is insane. You know, we've had in the last few weeks, a reporter asked Jen Psaki at a White House briefing, what is the White House going to do to commemorate January 6th? Like, there's mm-hmm. going to be like, you know, Fuck. next thing we'll know, we're going to have calls for like a national monument for, like, what happened on January 6th, which is insane. And that's always the thing that they go back to, Jesse. We've noticed in 2021, whenever there's a negative headline, Afghanistan, gas prices, Joe Manchin, you just go back to January 6th. That's their uh, free decor. All right, well,
0: Chris Cuomo actually uh, was another runner-up, this time not paired with John uh, Don Lemon. And this time he went to one they love to pull out, Jim Crow why would you bring back the most odious laws suppressing the black vote almost by design since jim crow you want a nice activity google jim crow laws in states where they existed and compare them to the language the phraseology and the intention of what's being sold in over 40 states right now some 250 plus bills take a look and be shocked at the similarity. My argument is this is becoming some kind of perverse holy war for you guys. Curtis, have we ever actually talked to a live human being who's unable to vote in the United States of America?
4: Nope, don't believe so. Uh, the impression that having to show your ID to vote just like you have to do when you want to buy a box of Sudafed or uh, that you can't take certain campaign literature and that you can't really bribe voters uh, by handing them like pizza right next to the polling place is somehow on par with being denied service on public transit in buses and not being able to use the same water fountains or not being able to eat at most restaurants. It's pretty ghoulish when you think about it. These people... It's so disgusting, these communists in the media and in our government, you know, really want to portray it, put it on conservatives and Republicans, that we're the ones who are doing this holy war, we're the ones waging the civil war against the rest of the country, when it's they themselves are the ones who are trying to uh, whip all of us into submission. It's pretty disgusting, and it's, you know, for the folks that want to talk so much, that talk so much about slavery and our past in this country. Uh, I think they're the ones that are doing such a disservice to where we used to be as a country and not willing to applaud where we are now. So I think comparing pairing voter ID and having to, you know, be outside the polling place within 100, outside of 150 feet before you can give someone a water bottle on Election Day is not the same as being denied a hotel room.
0: <laughs> Curtis, finally. It's, well, it's going to be a new year here any day and the press has an interesting dilemma with joe biden he's not popular there's virtually nothing that can be done right now to make him popular because all of his policies suck but they certainly don't want to see republicans come into power how does this disgusting press we have cover joe biden in the fall in the next year
4: well i'm going to be interested to see because the polling has really borne itself out and they've not been able to ignore it they were able to ignore it for most of the year but we saw here at the end of the year uh, 61% of Americans disapprove of the Biden administration on crime. 57% disapprove of his handling of the economy in general. 48% don't believe he's confident, competent enough to be president of the United States. Those numbers are brutal, and that's the, those are ABC News polls. Uh, when the ABC Washington Post poll is unable to ignore those sorts of things, no amount of White House meetings asking for nicer economic coverage is going to get them out of it. The only people that are going to be convinced by that, Jesse, and kind of do what they're supposed to, are CNN. Because as long as Jeff Zucker's around, they're more than willing to comply here. They're talking about gas prices. You know, We looked and did a study that found their coverage went from 77% negative to 79% positive on gas prices after their little White House meeting uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> that, that I, I had to dig up that number because it is just simply stunning when we looked at it. But other than maybe the CNNs of the world or Joy Reid, Don Lemon, if Don Lemon still has a job, those are the really the only people that are going to be left. And they're going to be left with a red tsunami that some people think could put the GOP, if they don't screw it up, as high as you know, 280, 290 uh, house seats. So... We're going to see what happens, but uh, I don't expect much better from the news media other than more panicking because they realize that this administration isn't going to give them anything. With Obama, they had the oratory and the history of the first black president on their side to fall back on. With Joe Biden, you know, the only thing they have to all fall back on is maybe Hunter Biden's Parmesan cheese.
0: (laughs) Curtis, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah to you, and a Happy New Year.
4: Merry Christmas to you, Jesse, as well. Take
0: care. All right. The economy was a bit of an issue this year, no? Who better to come on and talk about that than Carol Roth? Next. <laughs>
3: Readings on inflation have increased and are likely to rise somewhat further before moderating. These one-time increases in prices are likely to have only transitory effects on inflation.
2: Are higher prices here to stay? I believe it's transitory, but I don't mean to suggest that these pressures will disappear in the next month or two. Inflation
3: uh, is the purview of the Federal Reserve. They make projections. We rely on those projections. Those continue to say that it's transitory and will come down next year
0: transitory, man. That's that's just a fancy politician's word of saying temporary, by the way. Joining me now, Carol Roth, she's a recovering investment banker and author of the book The Great Book: The War on Small Business. Carol, why was it transitory then and now it's not transitory anymore?
3: Well, if you wait long enough, Jesse, everything is temporary, right? So I guess uh, I guess that's not technically a lie. Uh, We've been talking about this for the greater part of two years. Obviously, it was not going to be a non-issue. It was not going to be a temporary issue. Because the Federal Reserve printed trillions of trillions of dollars, the federal government threw trillions more uh, out in terms of relief spending. So we knew that this was going to happen. We knew that there was going to be more dollars out there chasing goods and services. We also knew that you couldn't power cycle the economy as if you were turning on and off a modem and not have disruption. So on top of the Fed printing, on top of the government relief, you had a situation where the labor force was disrupted and the supply chain was disrupted, which means even fewer goods and services available for that increased supply of dollars. Any 101 economics course is going to tell you that this was the obvious outcome. We were all calling it. Uh, And they just continued to lie. And you can say it was incompetence. You can say it was intentional. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because that means the American citizen is paying more for goods and services. And by the way, when this does eventually subside down to a lower level, it's not transitory in that it goes back to the level it was at two years ago. It stays at that elevated level. We just have the growth slowing. So these are permanent price increases that were passed on to the American people by central planners.
0: That is such a downer. All right, Carol, interest rates. They keep flirting with this idea of interest rates, with, which quite frankly, the way I see it, they have to go up if we're going to rein in this inflation at all. But you're the smart one. I'm not. What's going to happen with that?
3: Well, being smart doesn't tell you what's going to happen because that doesn't necessarily portend the outcome. Um, Just because something should happen with governments and with the Fed, it doesn't mean that it will. The interest rates should have gone up a long time ago, and that would have helped to suppress the inflation. The problem is, is the Fed is running cover for the federal government, allowing it to spend more and making sure that the interest rates stay low enough so that when it services, it's now getting close to $30 trillion in debt, that more and more of that isn't eaten up by interest expense. So that is that they should be bringing it down. They know that that's going to be the issue. And, you know, what they actually end up doing, you know, if if it's me predicting what these idiots are going to do, it's probably the wrong thing. They're probably going to say, oh, well, growth seems like it's slowing because the consumer sentiment is down and they're going to artificially suppress interest rates for longer. And my concern, as it's been all along, is that we end up with stagflation where the economy stagnates, but we still have this higher inflation and we have sort of the the worst of all worlds. Oh, well, that
0: sounds pretty much horrible. All right, Carol, jobs. What's the status of jobs in this country? Obviously, the jobs reports, they keep coming back lower than expectations, which one might ask who's doing the expecting, but let's set that aside for now. Are people going back to work? Are they not going back to work? If not, or if so, why?
3: So the narrative is that they have created all of these jobs this year, and that is absolute... Phooey. I've always wanted to use that word, phooey. I have now done that. Uh, and it's absolute fooey because they are just reclaiming some of the jobs that were lost. If you, you shut down a company and people can't go to work and then you open it back up again and some of the people go back to work, that's reclaiming some of the jobs. That's not new job growth. Unfortunately, we're close to still like two and a half million uh, jobs that haven't been filled from the level that we were at Uh, Back in February 2020, we have fewer people who are uh, in the labor force right now, millions of people fewer than in February 2020. And we have 11 million job openings. So there are certainly jobs available for everyone, which would be great if people decided that they actually wanted to work. But again, this uh, concoction of central planning and government idiocy has created a lot of incentives that have kept people out of the labor force, made people sort of change up. And some of the normal dynamics that we would see, things like legal immigration um, has been you know, also shut down. So with all of this, we are not even, you know, we're still millions of jobs away from where we were when this all started back in February, 2020.
0: All right. Well, let's, you know, let's have some good news. Here's Joe Manchin talking about firing a bullet into the head of Build Back Better.
2: I can't vote for it, and
0: I cannot
2: vote to continue with this piece of legislation. I just can't. I've tried everything humanly possible. I can't get there.
3: You're done. This is this is a no.
2: This is a no.
0: Carol. Assuming that's a very good thing for the economy, but where do we go from here?
3: Well, it should not be so easy to spend trillions of dollars. Unfortunately, it always seems that it is. In this case, it seems like it's a little bit more challenging. And between the relief spending that was done last year and this year, we're talking more than six trillion that's already been spent. Uh, So it's not like we need to throw what's being touted as Whatever, 1.5, 1.9 trillion, which we all know is going to cost five trillion anyway. It's not like we need to be doing that. So that's a at least like little shining bright light because we don't have that spending going into the inflation fire and stoking more um, inflationary activity. That being said, the likelihood that this gets broken apart and little pieces of it get thrown out there individually, and then you know, perhaps that is voted on is certainly a realistic possibility for next year. And, you know, since they don't have a very good opinion of the American people, I think we can't add, um, you know, they may put it all out there with the same amount of spending, but just break it up and make it seem like they've actually been fiscally conservative, when obviously the outcome is still going to be the same. So uh, I wish I could be optimistic that Congress was going to continue to do the right thing. Unfortunately, I've seen this movie many times before, and it always ends the same way.
0: It always seems to end the same way. All right, Goldman Sachs, they're adjusting some expectations for the GDP in 2022. Should we trust Goldman Sachs? Are they full of crap? Is there some agenda here? What, what's, what's the angle, Carol? Help us see it.
3: Well, don't trust anybody. You know, Ver- verify everything. Um, I do think there are some pressures, certainly uh, not having Build Back Better stoke inflation is actually a good reason to bring down forecasts. I think the issue that we have is right now is negative consumer sentiment. And people are not optimistic, not because of the virus, not because of the American spirit, but because of our quote unquote leaders and politicians. It is impossible to plan your life when these leaders keep coming up with mandates and lockdowns and shutting down schools and shutting down businesses and you know passports and whatever it is, it has real impacts on people's lives. And that has a tangible impact on the economy and the markets because if people aren't feeling optimistic, they're not feeling like they have the need to spend. And as we know, our economy is about 70% consumer spending. So if they're not feeling so happy and optimistic, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, they don't spend and then that drags down growth. um, Although we may still have that inflation issue. So I think if everybody wants to do the right thing, we should get government out of the way, let people return to normal and let that American optimism shine through. America does the best when government is out of the way.
0: An economy based 70% on consumer spending. So let me just figure this out here. That almost sounds like we have an economy completely reliant on people's feelings. That, that doesn't sound very healthy to me, Kirill.
3: Um, whether or not it is healthy, it is the American way. And I will say everything that we do in life is based on human nature. So if you're not a fan of human nature, you're kind of out of luck anyway. Uh, but we, but because of that, we want to have an optimism in America, and we've always had one. It's why people from all over the globe come here. Unfortunately, it has been batten down a little bit, uh, or actually a lot of bit in the last couple of years, and we need to, you know, kind of put that back to the side so that people can do what they do best.
0: Carol Roth, thank you so much, Carol. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, and all the rest to you and yours. Ouch. All right, we have this year in wokeism. Next. All right, it's time for a very special This Year in Wokism. And before we get to all that, I want you to remember something. They always go after the kids. Lenin talked about it during the initial stages of the Russian Revolution when the communists were taking over, how he needed some time with the nation's youth. Mao did it, Pol Pot. I know you've heard all about Pol Pot and all the atrocities and all the people he killed. Most of the time, those were teenagers, college students. They always aim for the kids. And when I think about this last year, it really stuck out to me how much they were focusing their efforts on America's children. America's communists are no different than communists have always been. They're all the same. And what's so wild to me, it really is wild to me. I know, it's, not, I know it's, it's hard for you to understand communists. It's hard for me to understand communists. But when you're putting together a video, let's say with reindeer, and you're putting together a reindeer video aimed at kids, and you're trying to get them to talk about their pronouns, Do you think that mentally ill person even has a moment where they say to themselves, man, I'm a deranged lunatic. Look at this video and you tell me, does this person ever have a moment?
1: This year, I decided to ditch Elf on the Shelf so I want you to meet Remy the Respectful Reindeer. Remy isn't tied to Santa Claus or Christmas and they decided to start us off with a story to give us a hint as to why they're in our class this year. Remy loves the book They, She, He Easy as A, B, C because it's a fun, easy way to introduce littles to pronouns
0: Who are these people? Keep these people away from your kids and look, of course, it's all year all kids, all all the time with these people Remember the comics? I, I know you probably grew up reading comics or at least knew someone who did I certainly did Well, surprise, surprise Superman's gay and so's Robin now I mean, not that anyone's surprised about Robin, but you can't make Superman gay. What's happened to this place is so odd. Why push this stuff on kids all the time? Well, I think we know why. They want the kids. Remember, you look at other people's kids and say to yourself, hey, not my problem, not my business. That's someone else's kids. Let them be raised as, as the parents see fit. They don't look at kids that way. They don't think like you think. They don't think like I think. They look at your kids and say to themselves, how can I get my hands on those kids and cram my ideology down their throats? That's what they say. I mean, when you're putting out videos like this on Nickelodeon, you've got real problems.
2: It's pride, everybody! Every color
0: on the pride flag Is a symbol in the sky Pride! And I'm proud to be me living is
2: a gift. Orange means healing and we have to persist in working to heal the world and healing ourselves. Yellow means sunlight because you gotta shine bright. Green means nature and we gotta fight to keep our earth a thriving home for life.
1: Doesn't it just fill you with pride? Showing who
4: Side with the flag up high, be true to you. Happy
0: Pride, everyone. Yeah. Ugh. These people are monsters. You can be as tolerant as you want to be, but they're going after your kids. They're going after your kids on purpose, and they're never going to stop until we stop them. And here's what's terrible. This stuff works. I mean, you can look at that in horror, the same way I looked at it, disgusted, horrified. This stuff works. You ever talk to young people these days? You ever have a conversation with young people? I've had plenty trying to figure out what's working, what's not, how are they thinking? We've interviewed several people on the show, younger, 20-age, college-age kids, and they'll tell you, kids out there, because this is being pushed culturally on them, they're wading into this insanity. This stuff works. I mean, here's... Well, here it is.
3: Jiggle, jiggle, pop, pop my hips, let her rock, okay? Swing, whip, swing, grab my weave in tight, huh-yah! on with the boom,
2: dynamite, huh yeah. Reggie in my booty, feeling tight, huh.
0: See it all the time. I know you see it all the time. And... It's not as if things get better when they get to college campus. By the time they get to college campus, they consider, them to, they consider themselves to be flat out warriors for American Communism. That's what they do. They're, they're the cultural Marxists. They consider themselves to be on the front lines of it. And so they feel totally comfortable harassing, bullying, screaming at people on camera. Remember this one from Arizona State? What
1: did I do wrong? You have a bad.: you're,
2: you're offensive. Police lives matter? You. You have <laughs> We're just trying to do school. What? You guys have the same student as the other. But this is our space. We're we not will. You out. We're asking you to leave if you have any consideration for people of color and are marginalized. Sure, clearly, don't. That I can go? Yeah, the whole no, rest of the no, campus no. the whole, the second floor, the first floor, the whole MU, every single part of the campus centers you. This is the only space that you're not centered and you're still trying to center yourself, which is peak white cis male. B- <laughs> you are racist, your sticker is racist Because police, that's a job You can choose to be a police I, didn't, I don't choose to be black Okay, No. You can choose to be a cop You can choose to kill people with a badge And you're protecting that s*** Which means that you're racist
0: Be very, very careful Where you send that child you love off to school, huh? Be very careful that's not just one college campus. It's taking place all over the United States of America. And look, they didn't stop at college. They're not stopping at Nickelodeon. Remember the new military ad? Remember the recruitment ad? Talking about having two moms. She used all these weird words. I don't even know what they mean. I'm a cisgender. All this, all this weird stuff now. It has infected every single part of this society, and it's really, really, really gross. And look, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, is he worried about China and Russia test-firing hypersonic missiles? No, no. Who has time for that when you've got to tackle white rage? I want to understand white rage,
3: and I'm white, and I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building And try to overturn the constitution of the united states of america what caused that i want to find that out
0: yeah we're in trouble let's remember i i mean it's not just something that happens in history global powers eventually clash and take each other on the other global powers right now they're open about the fact they're practicing every single minute to kill you to kill everyone in this country. That's what they practice in China. That's what they talk about in Russia. They, it's in their military recruitment ads. It's in their training manuals. They're training to kill you. We aren't. You should, you should hear the things I hear from people who are still in the military about how this stuff is all they do. It's all they talk about. They're not training to kill, put out fires, medical. They're not training about that. They're making sure everyone's pronouns are respected. It's insanity, absolute craziness what's happened. All right, coming up next, my New Year's resolutions. I gotta be honest, I've never been big on New Year's resolutions. But this year, I've decided I'm going to turn things around. I hate to get too serious here as we round out the show, but I've decided this is the year. This is the year I'm going to commit to doing certain things so I can be a better person. I know you think I've been hard on feminists. It's probably guilty as charged. Maybe, maybe I just haven't understood them all the way yet. So this year this is the year i'm i'm committing to you i'm going to attend at least one women's march event pictured there this is the year this is the year i'm going to create even more memes complimenting myself and making me look good here's one where i am the christmas tree topper and man you know what Actually. I'm going to actually officially make that. So next year when the wife actually asks me to put the topper on the tree, I'm going to put that up there just to see the reaction on her face. <laughs> this is the year? I'm going to be even more complimentary of me. I mean, who knows me better than me? That's me responding to myself, telling me that I love me uh, right before an upcoming appearance on Tucker Carlson's show. This is the year... This is the year I'm going to be nicer to Pete Buttigieg. Look, I understand what he's going through right now. I've been I've been hard on Buttigieg. I have been. But look, I understand this. Parenting is hard, especially for a new mother. I wish him the very very best coming up in 2022. And I wish you the very very best as well. Enjoy your 2022. I'm going to, in all seriousness, commit myself to spending more money, well, spending my money with companies who share my values and not spending my money with companies who don't. I'm going to continue to try to do better at putting my money where my morals are. If you're interested in doing that or supporting The First, go to thefirsttv.com slash support and sign up. You get access to great specials, all kinds of good stuff. All right. Happy New Year.